Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our worship for Sunday the 16th of May. Let us begin our worship today with some words from Psalm 100. Let us acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Let us come before God in prayer. Let's pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we choose to rejoice in your goodness today. Joining with all your people, we come into your presence with thanks and praise. We thank you, Lord, for your marvellous love, for your great salvation in Jesus Christ and your mercy to us as your children. You formed us from the dust of the earth and you breathed life into us. Lord, breathe in us again the breath of your Spirit. Revive us and sanctify us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Set our hearts on fire with the good news of your Gospel. We thank you that through your spirit given to us, you equip us, you enable us to be part of bringing that gospel to the very ends of the earth, beginning where we are. Lord Jesus, while we rejoice in your salvation, we acknowledge too that we continue to struggle with sin in our lives, with its effect upon us and also others around us. And so this morning we confess to you those areas in our lives where we have sinned against you and against others. We confess to you our selfishness, our impatience and our lack of understanding. Also our pride and slowness to yield to you in complete dependence and trusting fully in your grace and your power. Lord, forgive us, we pray, and restore to us the joy of your salvation. May your love fill us and flow out from us to touch the lives of all of those that we come in contact with. As Pentecost Sunday approaches, Lord, fill us anew and afresh with your Holy Spirit and lead us daily in being your witnesses wherever we are. Lord, lift us beyond ourselves to take our place in your family, the Church, that your love might be truly seen and magnified in us together as your people, serving and reaching out. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Our Bible reading for today is taken from the book of Acts. And we're reading from Acts chapter 1 and verses 1 through to 14. Let us hear the word of God. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach, until the day he was taken up to heaven, 
after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men, dressed in white, stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of, the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath, day, Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they were upstairs, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And may God bless to us this reading of his word. Today uh, for our sermon, um, it is my wife who's going to be preaching, the Reverend Elsie McCrossgree. If you were here last week, you might remember Barry Pritz from the last chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Remember, he apologized as he thought last Sunday was Ascension Sunday. But actually, if he had checked with me first, I would have kept him right. Because this Sunday is Ascension Sunday. Whether you like it or not, it takes a woman to keep a man right. I know Barry wouldn't like this, would you, Barry? <laughs> Today, from the first chapter of Acts, which actually overlaps with the last chapter of Luke, I would like to emphasize three key words. Waiting, timing, and witnessing. Sisters and brothers in Christ. The book of Acts was written by Luke to Theophilus as his second book after he wrote and sent his first book, Luke's Gospel. In the last chapter of his first book, 
we read how Luke told the story of Jesus rising from the dead and appearing to his disciples over a period of 40 days in order to give many convincing, convincing proofs that Jesus was alive. But knowing that he sent these two books to Theophilus, perhaps you wonder, who is Theophilus and why him? In the Gospel of Luke, part of the introduction, Luke called Theophilus the most excellent person. According to some New Testament commentaries, it indicates that Theophilus must be an important Roman official. The aim of sending his two books to Theophilus was that, with his good position, the account of the books, both Luke's Gospel and Acts, can be easily handed on to others. Luke ended his Gospel with the ascension of Jesus, leaving the believers in the temple praising God. He therefore continues his writing in the book of Acts by picking up the same story, Jesus taken up into heaven, so that he can explain what happens next. The book of Acts is the account of the work of the Holy Spirit in and through the church. The Gospel of Luke records what Jesus began both to do and to teach his, in his human body, while the book of Acts tell, tells us what Jesus continued to do and teach through his spiritual body, the church. Focusing on our reading today, we learn that on one occasion, when Jesus was eating with his disciples, he said to them, Do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Wait for the gift. Waiting is something that's easy to talk about, but actually quite hard to put it into practice. Quite often we question, how long do we have to wait? Living as we do in an instant society, that demands immediate action and instant response, our culture doesn't do waiting very well. We are living now in a society that has grown accustomed to immediate gratification. Due to modern technology and all our conveniences, smartphones, refrigerators, freezers, microwaves, fast foods, airplanes, etc., we have many things immediately at our fingertips. Just think of the speed of the latest computer technology in comparison with the computers of only a few years ago. We don't like to wait because it's like being in a place where life is put on hold. But what about the disciples at that time? How did they cope with their waiting? Luke explained to us that after Jesus' resurrection, he remained on earth for 40 days and kept ministering to his disciples. He had already opened their minds to understand the Old Testament message about himself. He also taught them many other important lessons during that time of special ministry to them. Some of the believers may have had their doubts 40 days before, 
But there would be no more questions now that Jesus had indeed risen from the death and appeared to them on many occasions. To strengthen their faith, he gave them many proofs by inviting them to touch his body. He even ate with them, and we read elsewhere that he showed himself to more than 500 people. And whatever proofs he gave, they were convinced that Jesus was alive. Therefore, to cope with their waiting, we read at the end of Luke's gospel that the disciples worshipped him with great joy, praising God. And in our reading today, while waiting in Jerusalem, in verse 14, they all joined together constantly in prayer. While waiting, approaching life expectantly with constant prayer for the fulfillment of God's promise. How amazing! Secondly, timing. In the Bible, we read that Jesus sometimes talked about times and seasons very clearly, but on other occasions, he attributed such things only to the knowledge and the authority of his own Father. In verse 5, Jesus said, For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That is clear enough. In a few days, and that promise was fulfilled ten days later after his ascension. But where the disciples understood him wrongly was when they thought he was talking about the restoration of the kingdom of Israel. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Talking about time, sisters and brothers, the ancient Greeks had three words of time, chronos, kairos, and ionos. Chronos refers to chronological or sequential time. It is quantitative like minutes, hours, days, years. While kairos signifies a proper or opportune time for something to happen. It has a qualitative nature. Like in the way this past year for us has been a time of pandemic and lockdown because of COVID-19. It is a Kairos moment, but could also be a moment of opportunity. And then the third and final Greek word for time is Ionos, that is time in terms of eternity. 2,000 years for us is like one day only for God. It is interesting to see the disciples were still thinking in terms of when Jesus might restore the kingdom or nation of Israel. Has the time now come for this to happen? They ask the same question is being asked by some Jewish today in 21st century, which no doubt has had a part to play in all the trouble of the past week. Jesus, however, pointed his disciples away from the nation of Israel to a kingdom that isn't just a narrow nationalism, but that is global in its scope. And he tells them, it's not for you to know the times and the dates. 
the Father has set by His own authority. So while there are Kairos moments like ascension of the risen Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost that need to be recognized, we need to learn too that there are times and dates that are only known by God. There is a life lesson there for us. Surely to wait on the Lord means to learn contentment with His provision and timing in any given situation through fellowship with God, knowing Him, clinging to Him, and trusting Him. The challenge as we wait is to continue to trust in Him, approaching life with hope and constant prayer. It is not easy, but as Jesus' followers, that is what we are asked to do. Our last key word is witnessing. Living in a post-resurrection and post-ascension context, the disciples and other followers, about 120 of them at that time, had done the right things, praising God with great joy and with constant prayer while they waited in Jerusalem. While Jesus didn't give them any answer about the times and dates they asked him for in relation to the restoration of the kingdom of Israel, in verse 8 we read that he gave them a task to do instead. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Witness is a key word in the book of Acts and is used 29 times as either a verb or a noun. A witness is somebody who tells what he or she has seen or heard. Most of the people in Jerusalem knew that Jesus of Nazareth had been crucified, but they didn't know that he had been raised from the dead. These believers, therefore, were chosen, were chosen to be special witnesses of Christ's resurrection. By the, their words and their mighty works, they were called to tell the world that Jesus was alive and is the Messiah. Interestingly, in verse 8, we are also given a general outline of the book of Acts. It describes the geographical spread of the gospel from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria and then to the Gentiles and to the ends of the earth. The geographical explanation actually had given the answer to the disciples' question about restoring the kingdom of Israel. When we read the four Gospels, we discovered that the Apostles had a strongly political understanding of what the kingdom would look like and were especially concerned about their own positions and privilege. Especially being loyal Jews, they longed for the defeat of their enemies and the final establishment of the glorious kingdom under the rule of the Messiah King. But for Jesus, the coming of his kingdom 
refers to the reign of God over the hearts and lives of those who have been who have believed in him there must first be a spiritual change in the hearts of people Jesus however didn't rebuke them when they kept asking about the future Jewish kingdom after all Jesus had opened their minds to understand the scriptures so they knew what they were asking sisters and brothers in Christ for us living now post pentecost we know that the holy spirit has already been given the power of the holy spirit is already within us what does that mean it means we are all you and i called to witness about jesus beginning with where we are to some if we are honest that can sound a bit frightening maybe even a bit discouraging because when we think about witnessing in our culture and our time we think about the big obstacles there can be obstacles of indifference even resistance but let's think of these names that Jesus gives not just as geographical locations Jerusalem Judea Samaria and the ends of the earth we can also see them in terms of the gospel overcoming seemingly insurmountable obstacles in the power of the holy spirit as we read on in the book of acts we see some of the fiercest opponents of the gospel coming to faith themselves we see some of the biggest barriers to the gospel being overcome as we read through the book of acts we find that although there are problems and hardships and persecution jesus words are fulfilled as all those seemingly insurmountable obstacles are overcome facing new opportunities and obstacles can be a kairos moment in witnessing for jesus i remember the first time over 20 years ago when i had to leave my home country and came to this place i knew nothing i was a bit reluctant it was all quite scary but knowing that the power of jesus surpasses my understanding gave me peace witnessing about jesus in a different language proves that his promise is fulfilled in the past year when we were all asked to stay at home in order to save lives the churches faced another obstacle in having their buildings closed but understanding that the power of the church comes from the holy spirit we knew and experienced that the church remained open we didn't come to the church building but the church went to our homes to our screens our private rooms we saw more people involved at as jesus witnesses perhaps we didn't recognize some of them we have been learning new skills for many church groups to meet online praying constantly together every day these things showed us how wonderful 
the power of the Holy Spirit is. It was a kairos moment for us. But the good news is that while we are waiting, God's still working in His timing and He continues to call you and to call me to witness to the risen Jesus to the world. Finally, if Jesus comes to you today, tonight, tomorrow, or someday, asking you to go to be his witness. The question is, will you be willing? Or are you ready? Amen. Thank you very much, Elsie. Let us now come before God as we bring to him our prayers for others, and our prayers for our world. Let us pray. Our loving God, we pray today for Israel and Palestine. We pray for peace and calm. We pray, Lord, that both sides will, will think of the lives already lost, people injured, children traumatised, and so step back from conflict, exercising restraint. Lord, we pray that you would bring about the circumstances for change so that there might be fresh dialogue. We think of all of those Arabs and Israelis who have lost loved ones in recent days, those who are injured, those who are frightened. And we pray, Lord, for your healing of hearts. We ask that you would heal the wounds and the scars that go so much deeper than just physical injury. Thank you for the peacemakers. Let them not grow weary or be discouraged, but help them to persevere in working for peace and for reconciliation. We pray, Lord, for the new leaders emerging in Northern Ireland politics in these weeks. Lord, fill them with wisdom. Help them to act justly for the good of all. Give them grace and generosity, along with the strength required to lead. We think of the issue of the legacy of the past in Northern Ireland, and we pray for an approach that is sincere and that commands cross-community support an approach that has reconciliation at its heart, where justice and love come together, and a process that makes possible the restoration of relationships. We pray, Lord, for the people of West Timor and Indonesia as they continue to recover from the effects of Cyclone Saroja. Lord, help them in the rebuilding of their lives. Help all those who have been bereaved of loved ones, who've lost homes and possessions, Help those who've lost their harvests to get the support that they need to get by and to feed their families for another year. We pray too, Lord, for all those we know who are sick at this time. Lord, you know their, their situations and their names. You care about them immensely, whether it be others or ourselves who are sick or in pain or who are struggling at this moment. Lord, come close, we pray to embrace and to comfort with your love and grant your healing. Lord, we pray for those who have been bereaved this week in our congregation. We remember the families involved. And Lord, we pray that you would give to them your comfort and strength today and as they face the future. Walk closely with them through their grief 
and their loss. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now I go into all the world. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you this day and forevermore. Amen.